Okay? And then as they're going, we're going to get ready to pray. All right? All right, you can join me in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for the privilege that we have to gather together today. Thank you for uh, this body of believers. Father, as we come together, we want to hear from your word. We want you, God, to speak. I pray that as you do, we will hear you, that we will listen. I pray that we would be encouraged by the fellowship that we have with one another here. And I pray that we would collectively together give you the praise that you deserve. I pray that what I say would only be in agreement with your written word and given by your spirit's power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Down here in this front pew, Dale Bowes didn't know this, but he's helping me out this morning. You can just stay there. You're fine right there. But he's helping me out because this stuff. There's this light fixture here. This was, you recognize this? You know where this was at? Yeah, in the display case, okay? A little light here. Um, We're not going to get any light out of it right now. There is a nice bright light coming through over here, though, isn't there? And some of you on this side are feeling that right now. But this light. And then here's, here's another light that was taken out this last week. Um, you recognize this light? Anyone recognize this light? Dale, where was this one taken out of? Entry door. Okay, this was entry door light. Okay. And then, and then you probably recognize these, right? These are down. Did you notice those can lights now? Aren't those going to look good? Those are going to look nice. So this is not obviously a light. This is just a light cover. But uh, this was taken down, and <clears throat> we, we got back from the conference on Friday evening. So yesterday I came down here and was looking at the progress, and I was in my office, and then I, I saw some of the, the stuff here, some of these lights, and I thought, well, you know, that's fitting Dale, that's fitting that we would have that stuff down because we're talking about walking in the light. And so these are perfect um, illustrations here of, of light. Now, opposite of light, as we know, is, is darkness. Have you ever been in a place where it is completely dark? I mean, so dark that you can't even see the, the hand in front of your face. I, I've been there a couple times. Um, Kelsey and I used to enjoy taking our senior class on a senior retreat after graduation. And one of the places that we would oftentimes take the class was out to Central Oregon. And, and so on one of those, a couple of those trips, we would go actually to the caves, the lava caves out there. How many of you have been to the lava caves out there in Central Oregon? Okay, so you can go down that tunnel and you can go in about a mile down there. And you just go, you go all the way through there. And, and we would do that. And there was one year in particular where we were walking through and we rented a couple of those big, powerful flashlights that they have, you know. 
Um, and I, I completely recommend getting those powerful flashlights because your phone does hardly anything in there. And your little flashlight that you have probably doesn't do a whole lot either. But those big, powerful ones, those work well. And so, and so we, would, we had those. I think we, bought, we got th- rented three of them. And we're going through there. And then as we would get in those tunnels, we would periodically stop. And we would say, hey, let's all just turn out the lights completely. And let's just see if we can be silent for a minute. And we would take, we would take the lights completely off. And it was pitch black. And then we would go a bit further. And we eventually got in a few bends of that tunnel. I'm not sure how far you've been. But as you go, eventually, the last part, you're having to get down to get all the way in there towards the end of the tunnel. And you get to the point where it says, no one beyond this point. So, of course, what do we do? You know, take pictures. Hey, look at me. I'm behind this point, you know, and tick, tick. You know, we're doing that kind of stuff. But then we all got together on, on the right side, the place where we were supposed to be. And we said, let's just stop and let's just have, if we can, one minute of silence. And at the end of that minute, we began to sing together in this cave. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy. Tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. We sang that. And then the lights came back on. And man... When that light came back on, it was welcoming because we're a mile down, not down, but down. You know, they're like, I think there are certain points where you're walking along there. This was where highway, I believe it's 97, is going overhead, you know, and, and we're down there and it's dark. And if you get claustrophobic, it's a terrible place to go, <laughs> terrible place to go. And so that light was such a welcome And then as we climbed out of that cave, such a welcome to get to the sunlight and to see that light invade the darkness. Because that's what darkness is. It is just simply the absence of light. And so what a privilege it was to come to the light and to see everything light up and to get up. I'm outside again. Light. Over the next um, eight to nine weeks here, I want you and me to, to think through and to work through a book found in the New Testament called the book First John. First John. We're going to work through this book beginning today here. And John has a number of themes in this book. But I think if you were to summarize this book, if you were to summarize it in one word, I'd have, I would say the word fellowship. Fellowship. That fellowship is with God and with people. But then there's also, there's two main ideas that John really conveys here. 
in the book First John. And these ideas are this. He says this. God is light. That's, that's what he says. God is light. And then the second thing he says about God is this. God is love. God is light and God is love. And John wants us to know this. He says, if you and I claim to know God, to walk in the light, then we need to also allow our life to be characterized by light and also by love. If I claim to know God, then my life needs to be marked also by light and by love. Now, this morning, before we jump into this book, I want to look at a couple of things here about 1 John. Just, just some things about it. So written by John, one of the 12 disciples. Now, <clears throat> truth is, this book never says, Hi, this is John. I'm writing the book. It doesn't say that. Okay? Now, there's a lot of the epistles, like it will say, Paul prisoner of Jesus Christ, he will identify himself and then he will say to who he's writing. Or Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, this is who I'm writing to. In this case, John doesn't ever say, but we do know that the author of this book is an eyewitness. An eyewitness to Jesus. He has been there. We'll see that this morning. He is, he is with his own eyes. He has seen Jesus. Okay, Um, and then looking at early church history, people like Irenaeus, born A.D. 130, Clement of Alexandria, born A.D. 150, and also Tertullian, born A.D. 160, all three of these early church fathers and church writers said that the book of 1 John is written by John himself. So there really isn't any reason, I believe, to, to uh, believe otherwise. How about the audience? His audience is believers, and believers likely living in Asia Minor. Now, we don't know that again, but that's, um, it's, it is believed that that's who, he, that's who he was writing to. Church tradition says that John was writing to the various churches in Asia Minor, And it's interesting if you read the book of Revelation. In Revelation, it says it begins by addressing seven different churches, all in Asia Minor. And so maybe he's actually addressing 1 John to the same churches. We don't know. That's quite possible. But we do know that these, the audience is is certainly believers. How about this? Date that it was written. Well, this is kind of bit of a broad spectrum here, but A.D. 60 to A.D. 85. Um, various, so there's, there's really no agreement on this. Various scholars have difference of opinion. So I just went with the earliest, which is A.D. 60, and the latest, which is A.D. 85. So it just depends on which scholars you look at. They're going to say a variety. But still, 25 years, that isn't a whole lot different. It was written before Revelation, which was written in A.D. 94, 95. So it's, it's before then. And it was also written after the book of John. Um, 
couple of contrasts, if you're able to even see that. I hope you can read that contrast that John mentions here in this book. He does a lot of contrasting. He looks at light versus darkness. He looks at love, loving the world versus loving God. He looks at uh, the spirit of God versus the spirit of the Antichrist. He looks at love versus hate for a brother or sister. These are contrasts that, that John actually looks at in his book. It's only five chapters long, but he looks at this and he says, here's the contrast. He mentions it, okay? Um, John is credited for writing five books. Do you know what those books are? What are they? John, there we go. <laughs> Good. It's not a trick question, is it? John wrote John. Okay, what else? I heard it. First John, we know that one. What else? Second John, what else? Third John, good. You guys are great. What else? Revelation, if you're listening already, you're good. See, you're golden, 100%. Good job. All right. So now this is interesting. The Gospel of John, written by John, was about that which has happened. Looking back at Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection, this is what happened. That's what he's doing. But first, second, and third John, he is addressing the church today. He is addressing the church today. He's looking at the present. So what is needed for the church today? First, second, and third John are given to us. And Revelation, he's looking forward. He's looking to the future. It's a very futuristic book saying this is what's going to happen. So I love, I love what John did here with these five books, looking back, looking to the present, and looking forward. All right. Well, with that, let's dive in. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 John. 1 John, and the easiest way maybe to find 1 John is to go find Revelation at the end and then work backwards, okay? Because it's just a few pages. And my apologies, I forgot to look, since I was at a conference, I forgot to look at what the page number is. Thank you very much, Ryan. 862. 862 will help you out too if you need a pew Bible. If you use your own Bible, 862 probably will not help you very much. But the pew Bible, it comes in great. All right, First John... 1 verses, today we're going to look at verses 1 through 10. Um, We won't usually cover a full chapter, but today I really wanted to cover this chapter here, if time allows, and I think that it will. 1 John chapter 1, verses. let's begin with verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it. We testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this so that your joy might be complete. We write this to make our joy complete. We'll stop there. John begins this 
really sermon. I think you could call it a sermon. It's a letter, but it really was probably written to be read to the church. And this was actually all five chapters would have been basically just a sermon. So today we could do this. We could just gather together and read these five, five chapters and say, we're good. We've heard the word. We, we know. That's how it would have been probably first given. So he's writing this sermon and he's saying something kind of interesting. Guys, my eyes saw him. You guys, I kid you not, I heard him. I tell you, I actually pinched him. I touched him. And he said, ouch. I did that. I did that. I was with Jesus. I was there. I saw him. Now, now it's kind of interesting that, that John is making such a big deal about this. He's saying, hey, guys, I was with Jesus Christ. I saw him. My ears heard him. My eyes saw him. And I actually physically touched Jesus. Why is he doing this? We don't know for sure, but it could be this. There was a lot of, um, John addresses later in this book, antichrists, people, false teachers who are sneaking into the church. And they are distorting the truth of who Jesus is. One of the main predominant beliefs that was really emerging at the time of this writing was a belief called Gnosticism. Now, we'll probably likely talk more about Gnosticism in the coming weeks here. But just a basic understanding. They believe that Jesus appeared, but that he was a ghost or a phantom. That's what the Gnostics were, were teaching about Jesus. He's just a ghost. He is a phantom. So if you would go up to him and try to shake his hand, your hand would just simply go right through his hand. Because there's, there's no hand there. Or if you're walking along the shore and there's sand, you would have footprints in the sand. But Jesus would have had no footprints because he was just, again, they believed a ghost or a phantom. That's what the Gnostics believed. So if that's the case, and if this is a prevalent belief system, even creeping into the church, does it make sense that then that John is saying, guys, I'm telling you the truth. I am not lying. I was with the man himself. My eyes saw him. I heard him. I'm telling you, I actually physically touched him. I was with Jesus. I'm telling you, I was there. I love that. Isn't there power in eyewitness? There is. There, there's so much power in someone who actually can say, hey, I was actually there. And this is what happened. This is what happened. And that's what John is communicating here. Let's read on. Verse 5. This is a message that we have heard from him, Jesus, and this is the message that we declare to you. Now, if you haven't already read on, it, this is interesting to me because if we were to, if someone has been with Jesus 
for three and a half years. What is the message they're going to communicate? I would, be wanting, I would be wanting to know that. What are you going to communicate about Jesus? What's the message? What kind of message do you have to pass on? And here's the message. This is the message we have heard from him. And this is the message that we are declaring to you. Are you ready for it? God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. That's the message that John says. This is what we heard. And there is a part of me that says, really? Really, John? You spent three and a half years with Jesus and the message that you're going to pass on to us is God is light. This is what Jesus had to pass on. God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. Thank you, John. That's all you got. That's all you got. Think about this with me, though. Jesus was saying about God the Father, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. God is the complete opposite of darkness. There is no darkness in him whatsoever. But as I am honest about myself, yeah, I got darkness. I got darkness in me. And you have darkness in you. It's called sin. It's called depravity. But God is the complete opposite of that. He is light. He is holy. He is perfect. And in him there is no such thing as any kind of darkness whatsoever. He has no darkness. God doesn't have darkness. He's holy. This is foundational truth. And John is passing this on to us through his time with Jesus about God. Let's read on. Verse, verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If I claim that I know God, I have a relationship with God, and yet I am not living as I should. I am not living in the light. John's saying, you're a liar. I'm a liar. I am only fooling myself. I don't fool anyone else. I am just simply a liar. And the truth is not in me. I can think that I have a relationship with God, but if my life doesn't back it up, there's a problem. That's what he's saying. God is light. If I claim to know God, I need to be living in the light. If I'm not, if I'm not living in the light, there's something wrong. I think John is saying, in a sense, check your spiritual birth certificate. Do you really have a relationship with God? Or is it just simply a head knowledge of who God is? Or is there some kind of deep heart conviction that, yes, I understand the truth of who God is. 
And I long to live in the light as God is in the light. I long to do that. This, this, is, um, this is hard for us. This, the, the millennial generation has a really hard time with this. Here's where I'm going with this. They have a hard time with this. The hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. It turns people away from the cross. It turns people away from Jesus. If I say something, there ought to be something that backs it up. If I say I'm a follower of Jesus, there ought to be some kind of evidence that I actually am a follower of Jesus. Not just someone who goes to church on Sunday, but the rest of the week, I am living totally for me. If I am throughout the week living totally for me, I got a problem. It's not God. God doesn't have the problem. I have the problem. I'm simply a liar. That's what God says. That's not me. That's God. Through John saying, hey, think about this. If you claim to walk in the light, back it up. Back it up. Now let's continue to read. Because I think that that there's good balance here with what he says next. Because quite honestly, these are hard words. These are hard words. Verse 7 and 8. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Here's the balance. We can lie two ways. If I claim to be a believer, then my life needs to back it up. And if it's not backing it up, I am lying. But if I also claim to be without sin, I'm also a liar. Don't you feel great about yourself right now? (laughs) Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? (laughs) You see, there's this tension and there should be that if I claim to know Christ, I need to back it up. But if I also claim to be without sin, I'm also deceiving myself. And the truth is not in me. Truth is, I live in darkness. But the truth is, I'm called to light. So there is this tension. I am called to live in the light. I need the light. If I claim to belong to the light, may my life back it up. It needs to back it up. But let's not fool ourselves. This last week, how did I do? There was times this last week where I was living in the darkness. It's not because I was really wanting to, but because I am still tainted with sin. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, my position is secure. But there's times where I maybe snap or say something I shouldn't say, or I think something I shouldn't, shouldn't think. I, there are times where I am more characterized by that was not characteristic of the light. That was characteristic of the darkness. I'm called to the light. May I live in the light. I need to live in the light. There's tension here. There's tension. 
And if I'm not honest with myself, John says, I'm just simply a liar. May I be honest with me and may you be honest with you. I long to live in the light and there is a war going on in my soul. Paul, the apostle Paul said it this way, man, there's things I don't want to do, but I keep finding myself doing them. Man, what a wretched man I am. Who will ever help me from this mess I'm in? And he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, because he's the one that has given me the victory. Thank, thank you, Lord, that I can be brought to the light. So with this tension in mind, look at verse 9. If we... If you and I confess our sin, he, God, is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins, and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. God longs to do that. God, who is light, and who has no darkness in him at all. And me, who has sin. God says, Nathan, if you would confess your sin, he will be faithful and just. And he will cleanse me from all my sin. He will cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Everything that displeases God in my life. He will cleanse me from it and he will cleanse you from it too so that I can be in the light. So I can be in the light as he is in the light and as he calls me and as he calls you to be in the light. God is willing to forgive. God longs to forgive Verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar. And his word has no place in our lives. You think John's trying to make a point here? <laughs> I think so. If I claim that I haven't sinned, not only am I lying, but I am making God out to be a liar. And we know that God is not a liar. So then there's a problem. And it's me. So if I am willing to recognize and be honest with me, that's when I get somewhere. Until I am willing to be honest here, I don't get anywhere. We live in a culture where we really just kind of try to, man, we, we just, we look at sin and we just try to sugarcoat it. You know, we just kind of try to, we try to deny it. We try to work around it. We excuse it. You know, God is, man, he just shoots straight. I love that about the Lord. He just shoots straight with us. And you know what? While it's harsh, I believe it's harsh. God is, he, he is 
He is just harsh with us sometimes. But it's for our good. And he is the most gracious. He is the most gracious in that harsh. Because though he speaks truth, in that truth he says, hey, this is a truth. Guess what? There's grace. There's grace. I, I long to have you in the light. And he extends his forgiveness to us so that we can be brought back to the light. So the question for us, and I really need to ask myself this this morning just as much as I would ask you. Are you living in the light? Do you claim to know the light? If you claim to know the light, are you two-faced? Or are you really living in the light? Or are there areas, areas, sorry, areas in your life where you are rejecting that which you know? I love it. God is not, I don't believe that God is kind of God that is there to whack us over the head with the two by four. I don't see that. I see his grace and compassion and mercy. But again, I see God as being very honest with us. Understanding the truth of who we are. He knows the truth of who we are. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he sent his son. So that we could find forgiveness. And I need that forgiveness desperately today. And you need that forgiveness desperately today. And if for some reason we have believed a lie that I am somehow just religious enough, I I remember I've talked with a handful of people actually, talked with a guy about 10 years ago who told me, his words, he really believed that he was done sinning. Yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to do too. I wanted to laugh. But I really tried to keep it together because I didn't want to be rude and disrespect him, but I was, I felt like just asking him, could I talk to your wife? You know, because he was about 75 years old. He was like, I'm done. I'm done sinning. I have, I have arrived. I, I don't, I'm not sure that he really said the words arrived, but he, he seriously told me he was done sinning. And I really just felt like saying, if that's the case, could I have a conversation with your wife? Because I really believe, and your kids would probably say something different. Now, he was a good man. He's a godly man. You know? But still sinful. God longs to offer forgiveness. God is light. And for me, I am on a road this side of heaven where God is trying to do a work on me. And believe me, there's some days where he's working real hard. 
And he is conforming me more and more into the image of his son, Jesus. And he is doing the same with you. And along this road in life, as he's changing me, he offers his grace and he offers his forgiveness. Aren't you thankful we have it? Man, I'm thankful we have it. And I trust that you know it. And I trust that you are honest as I trust that I am honest with those things in my life that I know this is not adding up. This is not characteristic of walking in the light because I'm called to be his disciple. I'm called to follow Jesus and I'm called to walk in the light. That's where he's at. If I'm not there, how will I ever be a light to a dark world? I'm called to light. You're called to light. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the truth of your word. Thank you for this testimony that we believe it's John that he has passed on to us. Thank you for the message. God, thank you that you are light. Thank you that though we are not always light-like, yet your grace and your forgiveness are always there. Thank you for that. And Father, as as we sin, as we stumble and we make mistakes, may we know that you extend that grace to us. May we know it, may we find it, may we trust in it. Continue to have your way with us. Continue to mold us more and more into the image of Jesus, who is light himself. It is in his name we pray. Amen.